Portia, we are just two pearls. Join us for adventures in pearls. a lot of funerals actually in the studio you all we didn't catch it on recording but Portia gets quite accustomed to officiating funerals I am less accustomed to officiating funerals and recently my great uncle died he was really he was super super close with the entire family he loved us so much took really good care of us um and just so happened to not have a church home at the time that he died And so I, of course, was like the clergy person who's closest to him in our family. And so, of course, I'm his widow, my great aunt and my mother thought it would be a good idea because he was very proud of me and my ministry that I officiate the funeral, which is super complicated um, because, of course, I'm family and he really had kind of like a grandfather type relationship with me. Um, but also because unlike Portia, I don't actually officiate a lot of funerals. <laughs> um, so I was, and you know, it's in a different, it's a, it was in a church that I'd never been in before. He was living in um, Delaware at the time. So we went, we all gathered in Delaware for the funeral um, at a UMC church that was just willing to rent out space to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was quite an adventure for me, first of all, to be the clergy person in that moment to my family, but also to be family mm-hmm. um and of course to be in this foreign church that I've never been in before and stand up and be the pastor in that space mm-hmm. and he was also military so there was the responsibility of us getting out of the funeral exactly on time so that we could go to the military cemetery because if we didn't get there at the exact time they were going to say thank you very much for coming and turn us right back around with the casket still in the car which we weren't that that wasn't going to work for anyone <laughs> So it was um, definitely an adventure for me. Mm. I know that there are different people in my family who have various feelings about women in ministry in general, and certainly who had never seen me in person as the minister. You know, they've gotten like little clips and videos of Mm -hmm. me preaching, but never seen me as the minister Mm -hmm. right in front of them. So I have to say it was a real privilege and honor to be able to be there for my family in that way um and you know this Portia as a woman who wears robes they never quite fit properly they're always like a little bit big um but as I was putting on the robe and preparing for the service I was like this robe feels bigger than ever it feels like almost like inappropriate for me to be wearing it you know it almost felt like I was putting something it really felt like I was putting on Mm. something instead of being able to live into what 
I already am. And um, what I thought was really special is when I was finally able, um, probably about 15 or 20 minutes into the service, to kind of like connect uh, with the musician. You know, musicians, sometimes they can like really control the pace of your service by the way that they're playing. Um, and when I was able to finally kind of make eye contact with him and lock in and like, you know, just with my eyes communicate, like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and finally able to feel like, okay, I'm officiating this. I am the pastor in this space, mm -hmm. in this moment. This is my role. I am called literally for such a time as this, mm -hmm. you know, to be, to fill in for this role in my family. Um, and it was a really powerful moment for me. I won't soon forget it mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I want to say uh, for all of my family members who we loved Uncle Johnny so much and anyone who ever met him, I uh, wouldn't say, how's your uncle? They would say, how's Uncle Johnny? Like he really took on that role with everybody who he met. And so I'm so grateful for the role that he played in our lives for his service to this country. He was a Vietnam vet and I was very proud of that. Um, and just for the man that he was and the impact that he's had on our family and developing a lot of us to be the people who we are today. Thank you for sharing that, Jamie, your adventure. That was my pearly adventure yeah. and in a robe. Proud of you. Robe and pearls. Yeah, <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> so speaking of black womanhood and all of the roles that we have to step into. I want to talk about the role of Michelle Obama in politics in general, but especially in the 2016 election in the past like several months of the 2016 election. She's awesome. I love Michelle Obama. Like the floaters, I am going to miss her. I'm just a side note. Mrs. Obama, if you are listening somewhere, just know on behalf of all of us. <laughs> We're going to miss you. You are so fashionable, so poised, so amazing, so well-spoken, well-traveled, well-read. We're going to miss you. Yeah, that's all I would like to say for the moment. <laughs> I got to shed a tear. <laughs> she has been um, tremendous as a first lady. Um, and I think when we speak about how tremendous she has been, mm -hmm. um, it's, deeper than just the way that she's filled the role. Yeah. Like first ladies, um, you know, they have their initiatives. She's done her initiatives. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been great initiatives. Like her Let's Get Moving campaign. Um, right. Uh, her Let's Move campaign, her uh, Let Girls Learn campaign. Yep. Um, she's been terrific with her uh, initiatives. But I think what I really want to point to is like her black womanhood, which mm -hmm. is the first time that we've had a black woman in that position of being first lady and she's borne the full burden of being probably you know uh we understand oprah we understand beyonce okay great but in this eight-year period mm -hmm. she has been the most prominent and most watched and most critiqued also most loved but most critiqued mm -hmm. public face of black womanhood mm -hmm. in the entire world. In the world. Uh, I went to Morocco on like a school trip in 2010 and uh, they're big on street harassment there. But literally I would walk down the street and people would yell at me, Obama family. 
Like, I must clearly, because I was a black woman and probably an American, that, like, I must be part of the Obama family. I'm, like, literally all over the world. You're right. And I never right. really thought about, like, when I was in Ghana, about, like, when we were over there, um, this was back, this was in 2010, too, mm-hmm. um, as a matter of fact. And when we were at um, the Amina Slave Castles, they were like, wow, like, you're American. Barack Obama, like, the Obamas. And they're like, Lady Michelle, have you met her? And I'm just like, no. And they're like, well, they were here. Like, do you know them? And it's just like, no. But it's just kind of like, wow, like, you're right, though, in terms of just, like, how her role specifically has, on a global stage, represented black womanhood in America and how everyone has judged and based their idea of black womanhood on her. And she's even, like, broken the stereotypes of, like, the Jezebel or, like, the sapphire stereotypes or, like, the mammy figures that we read in, like, a lot of our texts or, like, that we see in, like, some of our films, she's just, like, debunked that whole myth of what the black woman, quote-unquote, is supposed to be or mm-hmm. stereotyped to be because she's educated, she's poised, and she has represented that. But then also I've never really thought about the weight of what that must be for her mm-hmm. to, to always be scrutinized, always be criticized, and to be conscious of, like, I've got to wear this all the time right and it's just like wow blowing my mind right you know she's rendered the black female body and the black female mind like hyper visible Mm -hmm. like usually we're allowed to be invisible um or forced into invisibility no matter what we do unless it falls into the norms which is being hypersexual or being the mammy character yeah like unless we're playing those norms like how can you really be a black woman oh jamie sometimes i forget that you're black right like but, like, Michelle Obama <laughs> creates this reality in which, like, black women can be smart. Yep. And black women can care about exercise. Right. And our hair doesn't always have to be perfect because her hair is not always perfect. And we can also wear, like, six packs of weave hair in our heads because she does that sometimes. And we can wear colors. <laughs> and we can wear tailored suits. We can wear sleeveless. We can go sleeveless and right. be professional. We can be professional, period. Um, and... It's just created this whole, like, literally when I was growing up, it's like I had to be Condoleezza Rice or I had to be, like, someone from Destiny's Child. Like, there was, like, no, like, in between of, like, possibility of what a black girl or woman Mm -hmm. could be. And she's created this whole, like, world in which it's like we can be fit. Like, she is fit. But then she also has curves. Mm -hmm. Very Um, much so. We can be, like, married. And we can have, like, jobs and, like, be about our business. And be a mom. Right. And we can have children. And we can, like, actually care about our children and take care of our children. Right. We can have husbands that, like, like us and, like, even love us. Like, that's very possible for us to be in healthy relationships. We can be in healthy relationships with our mothers. Our exactly. mothers can live with us. And that's and we're still, like, powerful and getting stuff done and taking exactly. care of our children. And it's been amazing to see that publicly played out because that's so many of our realities. That's who that's our mothers right. are. That's right. But it hasn't been able to be publicly played out. So people like can't believe it when they see it. But now it's like, oh, it's possible. Like a black woman can be dynamic and not fit into a stereotype. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think she's really just broken the mold on a number of things. And I think it's really powerful how we've witnessed her um, in this election. Mm -hmm. And we've been seeing, it's kind of interesting because like, um, Right after the election results came out, there was like this big blow up on Twitter of um, Michelle 2020. 
like for to say, oh, maybe Michelle might run for president one mm-hmm. day or maybe she'll run for Congress or maybe she'll run right. for Senate. And just thinking about black women having a voice, mm-hmm. black women having status, black women having power and that there's a space at the table. And so she's represented us having a space at the table and advocating for the voices of other women. Mm-hmm. So and, and her advocating for um, uh, former Secretary Clinton She's also advocated the, the the power of other black women and other women having voices mm-hmm. and just the importance of that. And so seeing her at um, all the rallies and just seeing her make speeches on behalf of Clinton, it was just like, wow, she's eloquent and well-spoken in her own right, not outside of her husband. Mm-hmm. She, as a woman, can stand on her own. And she's giving people hope. Mm-hmm. Um, she's giving people hope, like mm-hmm. something to hold on to mm-hmm. um and that i think that is something that no matter who comes into office well now we know but who comes into office can never take that away from us right. um because now we have a sense of empowerment for our own selves and mm-hmm. she's helped she's given us that gift right. and she's put race at the forefront without actually saying it mm-hmm. um because i think her presence asserted that race is important mm-hmm. and that black lives matter just by her being present mm-hmm. in the space yeah for sure and I, yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I think even the way with Hillary Clinton also being a woman who was running for president, the way that she was able to articulate being a woman in leadership in a way that didn't make it seem like, oh, women, women, you need to vote for Hillary because she's a woman and you're with her. Mm-hmm. And she really made it more of like, what do you want your children to see in the exactly. White House? What do you want your children to look up to? And as a mother who's like a full-time hands-on mother and as a woman who's been a leader in the world, it was like to see that helped me, even a person who's like, you know, like who I kind of understood the Hillary Clinton thing, but it helped me in a new way to understand the Hillary Clinton thing. When she said, um, you know, for black kids who came to the White House while my husband has been in office and when they saw him and they said, oh, my gosh, you look like me. Your hair is like mine. And the kind of impact that they had on their lives and comparing that to the kind of impact of having, like, a Donald Trump in the White House, what impact that has on the lives of kids. Mm -hmm. And when she re-articulated it in that way, it helped me to see Hillary Clinton in a whole new light as well. And so I I think that's just something, like, really fascinating about black women how we can create humanity where other people can't see the humanity, where we can create that in others, like where people couldn't really see the human side of Hillary Clinton, even when Hillary Clinton articulated the human side of herself. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, Michelle Obama was able to like create that. Yeah. It's like the creative power of the black woman. (laughs) Wow. I like how you said the creative power of, of the black woman. Hashtag just two pearls quote that tweet that that is a, that's a good one Jamie. yeah yeah you know because she's in essence become her own picasso and like in creating an image of what womanhood should be but also supporting hillary um yeah wow that's so good yeah that's so good i'm like caught up on that we, wow just the creativity there's a lot of creativity we're gonna miss in the white house and with the obamas you know, they brought flavor to the mm. White House. And well. we're going to miss that. Um, you know, like, I, I'm so serious. Like, just as you mentioned the creativity portion, it's just like, wow. Like, they 
created space like in like infusing culture bringing african dance yeah um bringing gospel um, gospel music right michelle and, uh, obama had a whole like gospel like festival yeah, at the white exactly. house that was what a year and a half ago or yeah something like that. during like the holiday season and just bringing that culture to the white house is just like and and thinking about this is a house a place a building that was built by the hands of slaves i mean mm-hmm. you know we keep it real like that's what it is and for her to walk the halls boldly and proudly and then to bring our history and our culture into those walls and those halls and those spaces. It's just like, wow. Um, and this country, my prayer is that this country has been forever changed in some way mm-hmm. that by her actions and his actions have been some way embedded into the American psyche mm-hmm. that we can no longer be the same. Um, and I think that's why there was such a disrupt and an uproar within um, particularly poor white middle America, like literally in the middle of America, people Mm -hmm. just saying, oh, my gosh, well, what about us? Because we've, by having the Obamas in office, we've created this space to say we're important, too. Mm -hmm. And so now everyone wants to say, well, I'm important. Right. Well, you know what? That's fine. But I'm glad that we had eight years and now hopefully a lifetime to say, you know, we're here. We've arrived. We've been here. Right. But now y'all gonna appreciate us. Right. No, I mean, it's amazing. Um, you know, President Obama, Mrs. Obama, they have, what, like four Ivy League degrees between them. Yeah. Um, a daughter who's headed off to Harvard. Um, another daughter who's clearly very smart and headed off wherever she'll be headed off to in the maybe next couple Yale. of years. And so um, maybe Wellesley. Um, or that. Or maybe Spellman. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> you have options, Sasha. You, you have, have options. so many options, honey. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, but... It's right. And that's been very disruptive, I think, to see black people who are successful on their own terms. It has nothing to do with any affirmative action, anything like that. When they stand up and speak, mm-hmm. it's very clear. These are intelligent people who got here on their own merit. Right. They're not here because, I mean, first of all, let's get away from that myth. America, affirmative action doesn't do black people any favors. None. Like, come on. It just recognizes the talent and skill that does exist within the black communities, which is what we were missing. That talent and skill has always been there. Always. And affirmative action is like a way of like affirming like some of us are talented and skilled the same way some white people are talented and skilled and some Asian people are talented and skilled. People are talented and skilled. It has nothing to do with skin color. Nothing. Um, so we break away from that myth and they publicly force us to break away from that myth with mm-hmm. their level of intelligence, with their level of class, with their level of decorum, with the way that I'm, um, you know, there's a lot of questions about family values every election period. Like you can't question their family values. Mm-mm. If they were doing something that was questionable, we would know about it. Mm-hmm. Like they are upstanding human beings. Yep. Um, and so it completely just disrupts the way that America has traditionally understood blackness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's conclude this by talking about President Obama himself. Okay. Um, we probably won't get to do this too much more after this show. We I know. have a new president. But um, let's talk about President Obama himself. Um, I think it was Melissa Harris-Perry who wrote an article um, about Barack Obama as the first black feminist president. Mm-hmm. Because of the way that he uh, foregrounds the lives of the history of activist black women yeah. through his work. 
And even the way that he supports, you know, I mean, he has a house full of women, <laughs> house full of black women <laughs> between his wife and his daughters. And the way and, that and he, his mother-in-law and his mother-in-law and the way that he, you know, especially with his wife and his daughters, though, we've seen him really cultivate them and right. even say like Michelle Obama's speech, Michelle's speech was probably better than mine. Like say stuff like that right. like, publicly. How do you feel about that notion of him as the black feminist president? You know, I <laughs> think so. Because he's affirmed black womanhood in ways that no president has ever done or even as many black men have done. You know, I mean, in a world where we see black women as second class citizens, right, if people are labeling us in this way, even though we're not, um, Barack Obama has affirmed us from affirming black queer women in the Black Lives Mm -hmm. Matter movement to say that this is important work Mm -hmm. to affirm. And like you just said, how he's like, my wife's speech was better than mine. Like to know that, um, to, to, to just to reach out. Um, he's done so well for black women mm-hmm. and he's not taken any extra credit or any shine away from us mm-hmm. by uplifting us. And he loves his wife and we see that and he will put her, and he, he supports her. Mm-hmm. And so I think for him to be a black feminist president is to say for me is to say that he can allow black women to shine without having to take any of the credit for it Mm -hmm. and I think that's important to be a supportive person Mm -hmm. um yeah I I would say that Mm -hmm. what about you you know it was weird to me when I first saw the title um calling him like you know the first black feminist president it was like weird to me when I read the title but then as I continue to read into the article and see her writing about like speeches that he's given where like when he talks about the history of the United States there's a lot of like foregrounding of black women that he does within that history right whereas I think mainstream historical tellings of um, the Americas how the Americas came to be foregrounds George Washington and everyone who looked like George Washington and had George Washington's like socioeconomic status, right? But to say like Fannie Lou Hamer is one of the reasons why we are the America we are today completely changes, you know, as a college student, if you hear the president of the United States come on campus and even just say the name Fannie Lou Hamer in a speech, right? It completely transforms your imagination and transforms the way that you understand what your country is and what your role is right in your country um so yeah so i have a lot of respect for both of them the the obamas um and and the girls because they've done a really good job of like keeping their lives in order which is hard as a teenager and especially hard as a teenager who's under that level of scrutiny that they're under i'm sure every day of their lives um, so, yeah, I agree with you. Michelle Obama, President Obama, Malia and Sasha, y'all too. We're going to miss you guys. Mrs. Miss Robinson, y'all. we're going to miss y'all. And Bo and the other little dog <laughs> and too. And the other dog. <laughs> <laughs> Bo and that other one. We're going to miss y'all We're going to miss y'all. Yeah. And so we wish y'all well in the next season and chapter of your lives. Yes, and we hope you are cultivating your inner world. This episode was produced by our producer, Dan Warren. Keep up with our adventures on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on our website, JustTwoPearls.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JustTwoPearls. Email us at adventures at JustTwoPearls.com. We are a production of the 224 Ecospace. 
And remember, cultivate the pearl within you.